Just like Spinal Tap, my dial goes all the way to 11 as I've got 11 sold items to share with you this week, five reselling news updates, and a recap of a really bizarre week. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips. If this is your first time here, my name is Ryan and I am a full-time reseller working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area. And this channel is all about the flip life. It is time for, in this case, the only episode this week. I call it the midweek episode because I release it on Wednesday. But when I don't do a Sunday episode, it just kind of feels like, (laughs) here's the show. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thanks for stopping by. As always, I appreciate uh, you all coming by. I appreciate all the well wishes for my experience with the COVID-19 vaccination. I got my second shot last week, and I appreciate all of you that reached out to kind of check in on me. Uh, it was a it was a weird, it kept, was in keeping with the rest of the week being really weird, which we'll get into in a little bit. But uh, the experience was pretty bad, actually, if I'm being honest. Uh, I felt pretty good after the shot for about 12 hours. And I woke up in the middle of the night with a super, super bad aches, terrible headache, fever, chills, the whole package. That lasted probably a good eight hours. And then poof, just like that, it was done. And I was feeling pretty good for about six hours or so. Then I got another wave of it that lasted about six, six and a half hours. And just like the first time within a span of 30 minutes, I felt completely normal. And about four hours after that, I did it yet once again for about six hours of fever and ache and chills. So I had three waves of feeling pretty crummy, punctuated by a few hours where I actually felt pretty much as normal as I'm ever going to feel at 55 years old (laughs) Uh, and was able to get some work done and do some things. So I lost a couple of nights sleep kind of in the deal, but all in all, at the end of probably 30 hours worth of off and on suffering by Saturday morning, about 10 o'clock, I felt completely fine and never really had any issues after that. In fact, my arm was sore for less time this time than it was the first time. So all in all, totally worth it. It was a rough, rough little ways there to go. But uh, thank you again for all of you who reached out. Um, I had answered some of you in that first window of feeling pretty good that I was feeling pretty good. And a few hours later, (laughs) uh, it was not so much the case. But uh, nonetheless, here I am. I did survive it. And uh, we're on to another episode. Today I've got a handful of things that I sold last in the last week that I'm going to share with you. A recap of the business that I did last week and we'll talk about kind of some of the weird stuff that went on last week that kind of affected not only my numbers but my productivity. And then I've got just a handful, about five items of all eBay related reselling news for this episode. But let's get it kicked off. with some what's sold on eBay and Mercari. Mercari back on the board, uh, not in a big way last week, but I did have a couple of items there that sold that I did pretty well on this first item. If you're following me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks, you probably saw this item. This was also in a haul video I did a couple of weeks ago. It is a Union Pacific Railroad coffee cup. 
Uh, from 2010, it was the Boy Scouts edition of this engine from the Golden Spike Tower. I got it for 99 cents. I've talked about probably ad nauseum on this channel that Railroad Memorabilia does really, really well. This mug was no exception. I got it for, like I said, 99 cents and assumed it was going to sell for $20 plus. It did sell for $19.99 with priority mail shipping. So that's a pretty good way to kick things off. Instagram was really weird. And we'll just go ahead and get into this <laughs> since I already mentioned Instagram. I was on a post from Pure Hustle Podcast about shipping. And he, uh, I think it was Orlando that put the post up and he commented that he has been shipping twice a day and he feels like he's noticed an increase in sales. And I chimed in and said, you know, I always ship twice a day. I think it's a good customer service. If I don't have anything to ship, I don't just, you know, I won't go to the post office in the afternoon for one item. But generally speaking, I'm selling 10, 12, 15 items a day. So I've got stuff both in the morning that's been ordered overnight and in the afternoon that's been ordered through the day. So I go twice a day. I just think one day handling time is the way as a full-time reseller to run my business. And someone chimed in and said I sounded stuck up <laughs> because I thought that was a good customer service thing to do. And man, I don't I don't know what the what the deal was with that. It it kind of got under my skin a little bit and then I assume it was a guy. I don't really know. You can't really tell from their usernames, but I'm going to assume that this was a guy. And he essentially said that I was a stuck-up old bag uh, who had no life because I was spending all my time at the post office for shipping one item at a time. So I don't know how we got to there from I ship twice a day. You would assume I'm shipping twice a day because I got a lot of stuff to ship, and I don't want to let it pile up here. If I only shipped once a day, I'd be taking 15, 18 packages at a time to the post office, and it's just not really what I want to do. I also don't do three-day business handling. I just think as a full-time, and again, with that volume of packages, if I let that stuff accumulate for two or three days, I just think it would be a bad experience, not only for them, but for me. <laughs> uh, I know what it's like on Monday morning when I didn't get to ship on Sunday, pulling all those orders, you know, 25, 30, 35 orders sometimes. So anyway, that was that was kind of a weird experience. I've, I, I can't recall in my life ever being called stuck up. So let me know what you think. Am I a stuck up, stuck up old bag? <laughs> uh, feel free to chime in on the comments. Um, unless you agree with the guy, then please just keep it to yourself. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on with the what sold. Uh, this one was on Mercari. I have had this for quite a while. The Order of the Eastern Star Holman Bible from 1941. This was in actually a box. The Bible itself was pretty dirty. Um, but it had its box and it had a special insert with it. I got this at a garage sale last fall. I paid a dollar for it. I had it listed on eBay for $21.99 when it transferred over to Mercari. Of course, it dropped the 99 cents and went in at $21 with free shipping. Somebody bought it. I will definitely take it. This next item, also on Mercari. This was a cool find, and it was one that somehow I missed. In I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I was making another run through that huge CD lot, and I'm finding a lot of stuff that, for whatever reason, either didn't have much value or I just flat missed it the first time around. This is one of those items. It is a promotional CD single by the band 12 Rounds called Pleasant Smell. It has... 
like eight or ten tracks on it, and a lot of them are remixes by other artists, including two or three by Trent Reznor, who is also known, of course, as Nine Inch Nails, which I thought probably made this thing pretty interesting. I looked it up, and there's hardly any out there. Comps were pretty good. I listed this again on eBay at $24.99 with free shipping, cross-listed it with List Perfectly to Macari, and it lasted less than 24 hours before selling for $24 with free shipping. So be on the lookout. The rest of their stuff doesn't appear to be worth much money, but if you can find this single, uh, 12 Rounds is the band. Pleasant Smell is the single, and it it should have, if it has the original case on it, it'll have a sticker right on it that says... Uh, featuring tracks rethought and remixed by Nine Inch Nails and another artist called Sniper. So be on the lookout for that one. Another book. This is one that I got in a lot of books that I essentially picked up for free. Uh, The Military Biography of Generalissimo Rafael L. Trujillo Molina. That's a mouthful. From 1956, this was an ex-library book um, written about this Spanish general in fairly mediocre condition, but there weren't any of these out there that I could find. I had it listed for $27.99 or best offer. It sold for full price, $27.99 with free shipping and is on its way overseas. This went out on the global shipping program. Next up, another CD, the Strayhorns, who are just some little independent band. But this particular uh, CD features... Alan Jackson, who's a pretty big country star, was done in 1995 on Chief Records' little no-name label. I don't, I never did do the research to see how Alan Jackson actually got involved with this. If you know, let us know down in the comments below. But uh, I listed this thing for $29.99 with free shipping. It's again out of that big CD lot, so I own it for about three and a half cents. And boom, nice sale. Next up, another CD, also from that lot. Smart Went Crazy, Con Art. This was new and sealed in the package from Discord Records from 1997. Went for $34.99 with free shipping. I think I mentioned last week, but as I have been listing these CDs, it has really generated a lot of business on older catalog CDs that I've had listed for a long, long time that hadn't, hadn't had any action on them. So there's something to be said for cycling through kind of your inventory and whether you do relist or sell similar or just space out. If you've got big lots of stuff, try to do maybe some CDs here and some books there and some shoes there or whatever, whatever your mix of product is, but mix it up because it seems to keep the category refreshed. If you add new listings to that category, I have no statistical proof to show that, but my anecdotal experience is that that is very, very much true because my CD sales had really dwindled off and I started this project and I am just selling CDs like crazy. This next item, like last week, I had the electronics item that I sold that I had gotten for free. This is another one that I decided to go ahead and get rid of, an AT&T DirecTV Now streaming box. This was an Android beta box. I participated in the DirecTV Now beta back probably two, three years ago when they did that, and they sent this special Android-based decoder box in order to work with the DirecTV service. 
I tried it for whatever the beta period was. At the end of the beta, they essentially shut it down and said you could keep the device. Well, I'm not using it. So I decided the other day, you know what? I ought to see what these things are selling for on eBay. And it sold for $44.99 plus priority mail shipping, an item that I have absolutely nothing in. So that's a pretty nice, that's not even a flip, man. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a score. Uh, next up. These three books all sold to one person, The Thirty Years' War, 1618 to 1648, A Student's History of Philosophy, and A Political and Social History of Modern Europe, Volume 1, 1500 to 1815. Individually, these books were worth about 20 bucks a piece, not quite, uh, but somebody bought all three of them, so they went for $58.97 with free shipping. Again, the ability to ship all three in one package saved me a significant amount of money on the shipping. Uh, even at media mail rates, you're saving essentially that first two eighty nine on those other two books. So pretty nice sale. These were all out of the big twenty five hundred book lot. So I own these for one quarter a piece. Another CD. I told you it was. It's been a big, big week for CDs. Also from that big lot. This has also been listed for quite some time. Mac 10, Bang or Ball. This was a new CD from 2001 on Cash Money Records, $64.99 with free shipping. So that's a, that's a really nice score as well. Odds are you probably won't find one of these new and sealed, and I don't know what the value of it would be opened and used. But if you're inclined to be looking for CDs while you're out, uh, old cash money records CDs can be pretty good. Um, anything of the old like Master P and that whole clan, those can be good as well. So be kind of on the lookout for those. But this was a really surprising one. It had just been there so long. I, to be honest, forgot I even had it until the guy bought it. <laughs> uh, so Mac 10, there you go. Here's another two book sale. I had sold one of these previously, The History and Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire by Edwin Gibbon. This was a set. I had 11 of the 12 volumes, so I listed all of them individually because I didn't have the whole set. These were from 1820. I had one buyer that made me offers on two of these books at $35 each with free shipping. So again, out of the big 2500 book lot, 50 cents turned into $70 gross, less shipping and fees. And now, your flip of the week. We ran through that reasonably quickly today. Uh, big lot of railroad memorabilia that I bought several months ago. I've talked about these before. This one was a big, big score. Greenberg's Lionel Catalogs Volume 2, a first edition hardcover from 1989 that covered the Lionel period from 1923 to 1932. I own this thing for a nickel because I bought this enormous lot at a really good price. And this thing sold for $120 on a best offer. And it was really a reasonable offer. I was only asking $124.99 on this. So I don't know why you didn't <laughs> uh, try to yank my chain a little bit more on the price there, but $120 with free shipping. It went out media mail. I did insure it. So I did spend a little bit more money on the shipping, but um, five cents into 120 bucks is a pretty nice flip. <music> With that, we are going to take a super quick sponsor break over on the podcast, and we will be right back with the weekly business recap and a little bit of reselling news. Stay tuned. We all know that one of the quickest ways to increase sales is to get your items seen on more platforms. 
But if you're like me and you have hundreds or even thousands of existing listings, the thought of transferring all of that information manually is pretty overwhelming. That's where a program like List Perfectly can come in really, really handy. I've been using it to transfer literally hundreds of items a day from my eBay listings over to Mercari, and it has been fantastic. I've seen an increase in sales, and I couldn't have done it without them. In fact, I'm so happy with how the program is working for me that I've become an affiliate for them. If you'd like to check out what it's all about, there's an affiliate link in the show notes and the description below. Be sure to click on it, and if you decide to sign up, enter promo code 634 to save 30% off your first month. I can't recommend it highly enough. That's list perfectly. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. So let's talk about last week. It, like I said, I, I already gave away probably the most crazy part of it with that wackadoodle over on Instagram, but there was a lot of stuff going on for me last week. I mentioned, I think, in one of last week's videos that I had two or three things going on that were going to keep me out of the bat cave here for quite a bit of the week. And it really, it did kind of impact what I got done, though I still got a, a pretty hefty amount of listings done. So like I said, last Monday, I drove to Cleveland to pick up a car for my other side gig. So I lost pretty much all day Monday. Tuesday, again, if you're following me on Instagram, you will have seen that I purchased a new-to-me car. I picked up this beautiful Mazda MX-5 from my parents who have had it essentially in their garage for years and years. It only had about 6,600 miles on it. So mom and dad, thank you so much if you're watching for hooking me up with the car, for pushing my buttons a little bit to get me to get out of my lease on my other car a little bit early so I could have this thing for the summer. I absolutely love it. It's a 2017, just an awesome, awesome car. Tons of fun, really enjoying it. It will be Unfortunately, other than my SUV that I drive for work, it will be my daily driver, which I wish I could keep it in the garage like they did, but that's not really going to work out. But nonetheless, I lost the morning of that day with the banking and then running around getting the insurance and the tags and the registration and all that kind of stuff. So Tuesday was not all that great. Thursday, I had my COVID vaccination, which you saw if you watched that video. I did get some thrifting in in the morning and then the vaccine in the afternoon. So I lost a, it was productive, but I didn't have much of that day to list either. So listings for the week, I had mentioned, I didn't think I was going to get to the number I did the week before. In fact, at the end of the week, I did. I really had a big listing day on Wednesday and I had a pretty good one on Friday and I did a few more listings on Saturday, and I managed to get to 90 listings for the week. So I will definitely take that. Where I did fall down a little bit was on the List Perfectly cross-listing project. Other than the 90 new listings I did for the week, I only did 109 actual cross-listed items from my existing catalog 
from eBay to Mercari. So I'd been averaging three, 400 a week, and I really fell off on that. I expect that will be the case this week too. I won't give away the lead for next week's episode, but I think I'm going to miss that number again for the week. On eBay, that took me to 6,462 listings, which was only a net gain of 12, which means I sold 78 listings last week. Over on Mercari, that got me to 2,363 active listings, which was a gain of 164 for the week. Sales were pretty mediocre, despite kind of some big stuff there that we just talked about. I had a couple of days, I think it was either Thursday or Friday. I think it was Friday, and I was actually pretty thankful for it because I felt so lousy most of Friday. Friday was my slowest day that I can remember in months and months and months. I think I did $36, <laughs> uh, which gets your attention after you just financed a new car. But anyway, uh, the week for the total was not that great, twelve oh seven and 94 cents. So it's, and it wasn't a total disaster, but it was not really, really good. Part of the reason why was there was not a big spread of areas where I had sales. Mercari only did $27. The Westchester Antique Center, my booth, only did $27.84. And then eBay was several hundred dollars off of where it's been at $11.53.10. So not every week is going to be your best week ever. I've talked about that here in the past. That is a very up and down business. Another part, I think, of this is because I've been working on the CDs and I've been selling CDs, a lot of those are kind of lower value items. So my my sale count actually was not that bad. 78 pieces, 78 listings sold last week, where in a normal week I might be at 84, 85. So I wasn't that far off, but my average ticket was way down because I was selling a lot of sub $12 CDs. So I'm glad to get rid of that inventory and start to move through some of that stuff, but that certainly affected my gross sales for the week. Cost of goods sold, however, <laughs> was extraordinarily low at $26.02, which left me with a gross profit margin of 97.85%, which may be the highest I've ever seen here. I'd have to go back and pull some numbers, but that's a big, big number, $1,181.92. So that ended up actually not being all that bad. Expenses for the week totaled five seventy and eighty four cents. My list perfectly subscription came due, so that was forty nine dollars. I had two hundred and fifty eight dollars and fifty one cents in shipping, and two hundred and sixty three dollars and thirty three cents or so in um, bank service charges, Mercari fees, and that sort of thing, and the eBay fees. So, at the end of the week, all said and done, net profit was six eleven oh eight fairly close. My kind of threshold, my minimum number that I'm shooting for most weeks is 700. So I didn't miss it by a whole bunch, despite being fairly well down in sales. Net profit percentage for the week, 50.59, which is pretty much right on target. So all in all, it's not the best week, but it certainly wasn't the worst. Knock wood uh, that this week is a little bit better. The weekend was actually really strong. I saw several other sellers also on Instagram commenting that they had had a fantastic weekend. So hopefully this week picks up and is pretty good. News updates. So let's cover just a handful of news things. There is an article on e-commerce bites. And again, as always, I will link to all of these in the show notes and description below. Um, the article is headlined, what do eBay sellers really want and the answer was shipping features. This was part of the results of a survey that they had done 
back in January. According to the survey, 81% of respondents said shipping was an area where eBay tools were the most helpful to maintain and grow their business. 74% said shipping was an area of their business that most impacted their ability to sell eBay was fishing for what could they do to make it better. The writer of this blog post says they don't have to search far for suggestions. They only need to look at their own seller discussion boards. During the last weekly chat on April 14th, sellers offered some specific suggestions when it came to shipping improvements. One, have a way for a buyer to select a delayed shipping. I have an issue right now. The uh, commenter wrote where a buyer has bought an item at auction and wants to wait and see if he can win another item so that I can combine shipping. And I've run into this a couple of times where a buyer buys one thing and they want to wait for something else to end. I have one day handling time. I can't delay that with eBay or I get a ding on my service metrics. That's a really fine line. Giving the customer an option to either request a delay or request a specific shipping date would be be something that would be helpful. I don't know what the mechanics of that would look like, but that actually I thought was a pretty good suggestion. Another one, however, left me a little bothered because it's something you can actually do. And I'm going to talk about that Um, in eBay labels, allow for a scan sheet that would not require sellers to print all the shipping labels at the same time. Seller explained they want to print scan sheets only for those packages that they're ready to print labels for. And I assume they mean when they say scan sheet, the USPS scan sheet that you take to the post office when you have multiple packages. If they're talking about something else, I'm not quite sure what it is, but that's my assumption is that scan sheet. They said it would make many of us happy and not get the counter staff and the post office mad at us when they have to scan each package individually. You do not actually have to do that. When you go in, if you do bulk shipping, if you go into bulk shipping, there's all those little check boxes down the left-hand side, you can, the ones that you don't want to do, check those boxes. And then up at the top, there are some options and one of them is remove. And when you click that, it will remove those particular items that you've checked from your bulk shipping. Now you can just do print the labels that you want to do right there. And those are the only ones that will appear on your scan sheet. If it's the middle of the day, You can let that ride, go back in later, add more to that same scan sheet, and then print that all at the end of the day. So this is something that you can already do if you do it kind of in advance. So take a look at that. Go into your bulk shipping. Look for those checkboxes on the left-hand side. If there's a, a label there that you are not ready to print, an item you are not ready to ship, check it. Scroll back up to the top and look for the button. I think it's the second one. I think it's on the right It says remove, and that will just remove it from that bulk thing. It doesn't end the order. It doesn't do anything but move it off that bulk list. So if you're having that problem, hopefully that is a solution for you. I think it was last week. We talked about the problems eBay was having with sneaker authentication. And they were going to take an authentication thing out on the road, and I kind of joked about, you know, whatever. Now they're expanding it to Canada. <laughs> uh, so they can't keep up here in the US, but they're going to they're going to do it in in Canada. So they this week announced that through the program eBay will offer authentication for certain select sneakers that sell for and again, 
they say, over $100. Currently, I believe, unless it's changed and they've not announced it in the last week, most sellers were finding that that number was actually $150 right now because they're so backed up. So uh, if you're up in the Great White North and selling collectible sneakers, be on the lookout for this. This should be starting shortly. An excerpt from eBay Canada's announcement. To power authenticity guarantee, eBay has partnered with SneakerCon, a leading organization for sneaker authentication, making eBay's sneaker program the only one in the industry using an independent third-party authenticator. We were founded by sneakerheads for sneakerheads, so partnering with eBay comes naturally considering our mutual rich history in servicing the sneakerhead community, said Alan Ooh, this is Vinogradov. Uh, I'm sure I butchered that. <laughs> uh, the co-founder of SneakerCon. We're excited to take our authentication skills and expertise to Canada to help power eBay's authenticity, authenticity guarantee for sneakers. So there you go. Be on the lookout for that up in Canada. I don't, I don't know what the sneaker market looks like in Canada, if they'll be overwhelmed like they've been down here in the, uh, in the States. But there you go. Speaking of shipping overseas, there's an announcement on eBay that sales and exports of the product with a CE symbol to the European Union are going to be restricted in some way. So you'll see this little symbol that I put up on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, on a lot of like electronics, especially the power adapters and that. Uh, the These are regulated by the European Union starting in July of 2021 on the 16th to be specific CE marked products sold in the European Union will require an economic operator established in the EU. Economic operators are responsible for working with authorities by providing technical information or taking certain action for the products. An economic operator can be a manufacturer, importer, authorized representative, or a fulfillment service provider. Most larger brands of CE-marked products will have an economic operator already established in the EU. You will be required to ensure that the name and contact details of this EU economic operator are listed on the product or in the product packaging. This information generally accompanies, of course, new inbox manufactured or imported items destined for the EU market. If the products you ship to the EU, don't contain this information. Your goods may be stopped at customs or prevented from being delivered to your buyer. So eBay says they're working to obtain more information on how this whole thing is going to work. Um, and to they suggest that you visit the Help Hub page for more updates. So be on the lookout for that, especially if you're a big seller of electronics and you send a lot of stuff overseas. This is something that could definitely impact you and your, of course, your not only your income, but your customer service ratings and the whole nine yards. So be on the lookout for that. Goes into effect July 16th of this year. And last, on the 19th, which was Monday, eBay announced that TerraPeak research is now free to all sellers. And I, I did a video forever ago on how much I liked TerraPeak, and I literally use it all the time. So this is great. It's it's one less thing that the people who are subscribing to stores get as part of their store subscription since it's free to everybody. But I think this is a good move. This will really allow people to do better research on the items that they're looking for. So I actually, even though it's a little bit of a kick in the teeth to the store subscribers, uh, think this is a great thing for the eBay community at large. 
You no longer need a store subscription to access Terapeak product research. We're expanding our suite of research tools to help you grow your business and stay competitive. As part of this effort, you no longer need a store subscription to access Terapeak product research. With this research tool, you can dig into eBay marketplace data to get insights on what's selling, where, and for how much. Use Terapeak product research to optimize your listing titles, item specifics, pricing, and more. There is a link there that will take you directly to Terapeak. They give you uh, some bullet points on some really basic insights and then direct you to the seller center for more information about their Terapeak tool. So again, if you haven't been using it because you haven't had a store, as of Monday, you should be able to access it. It is definitely worth checking out. There have been numerous times where I have had a particularly unusual item where there are no sales in the kind of 90-day history on eBay and the ability to look back a year and see if there has been any activity and if so, what it looked like and what the pricing was. You can now, I believe, also have it to, to do sales trends as the price of the thing going up or down over the recent months. So a really, really awesome tool now available to everyone. And that, my friends, is a wrap of the news and will wrap up this episode. I don't know if you can see over my shoulder here. It's probably starting to get a little dark. I have had a day. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and blow the lead for next week. So the dealer trade drives, I was on one today and they sent me to South Charleston, West Virginia. Beautiful country. Really just a really nice drive. About three and a half hours. I get down there and the car I'm supposed to be picking up they gave to a dealer that took it to Atlanta last night by mistake. <laughs> uh, I was picking up a blue SUV, and apparently they had two of them. One was a higher line model, and the other one was a lower line model. I was supposed to get the higher line one. They accidentally gave the keys to that one to the driver who showed up from the dealership in Atlanta. He apparently didn't either didn't know the vehicle well enough or didn't check the VIN. I don't know. I don't know how the mistake got made, but they sent this guy all the way back to Atlanta in the wrong SUV and nobody caught it until I showed up to pick up ours. <laughs> uh, so that was my day. Um, I spent two hours roaming around there while they tried to figure out what they were going to do. So this should have been recorded quite some time ago, but I was out of the house for 10 hours today. So it was, it's been a very long day. But I wanted to get this thing done so it would be here tomorrow for you. So if you've gotten this far, thank you, as always, for sticking around, for coming around and watching this video or listening to the podcast. If you're listening, um, the podcast has literally listeners all over the world. The videos uh, also do. I get a comment all the time from Aust Austria, and I had a comment not too long ago from Australia. So I appreciate all of that. Thank you so much for for this community, I say it all the time. I cannot express what it means to me to hear from all of you. So with that, I'm going to close it for the day. I'm going to edit this bad boy, and then I'm going to eat some dinner. <laughs> uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.